Hello, welcome to Charity Chat. I'm your co-host today, Samuel Davies, and I'm here with my friend and colleague and fellow contributor, Esmond Muggle. Hello, Esmond. Hi, hello, Sam. This evening, we had the pleasure of meeting Adeem Yunus, chairman of Penny Appeal. Penny Appeal is an organisation which works in over 30 countries, as well as in the UK, um, working with the most marginalised and deprived people in the world. Yeah. Adeem Yunus, previously to starting Penny Appeal, was the founder of singlemuslim.com, one of the largest uh, dating sites and a multi-million pound organisation. So Adeem is a, is a, he's a natural leader, he's led a company that's very, very successful and, now, and then subsequently set up a charity as well. Absolutely, and something that I was really intrigued to listen to um, during the whole podcast and learn from him is the fact that how he grew Penny Peel into, from very humble beginnings into an organisation which works over, as I've said, in 30 countries and managing that growth um, was particularly amazing to see. And he was, he was a great guest. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, let's uh, hand over to our interview with uh, Adeem Yunus. Okay, welcome to the um, podcast, Adeem. Thank you for joining us. Um, can you please give us a brief background about your experience, firstly in business and yeah. then in the third sector? Yes, yeah, so a brief, brief overview for me. Uh, I'm the founder of a, a website called singlemuslim.com. Uh, it's currently the UK's largest Muslim website. Uh, we've been established since 1999. Uh, and uh, I found you know, we're a matrimonial website with a purpose to help single Muslims uh, meet, meet their like-minded uh, partners, not just for a for a happy happy life, for a, for a happy hereafter. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I set up Penny Peel Humanitarian Charity in 2009, ten years after setting up the business, and we're coming on to our tenth year for the charity as well. Yeah. So it's been a, it's been a couple of decades in, in the world of entrepreneur uh, business and now the humanitarian sector. Yeah. I mean, given your experience, um, you know, that you had at, when you um, created singlemuslim.com, how has it helped you transform those skill sets into the third sector? And what type of skills do you think were really important that you picked up in the business world that helped you yeah. in the third sector? Yeah, so, you know, uh, when I started in the in the business world, when I started my own, uh, so I had, I had several businesses before setting up singlemuslim.com. Right. Okay. Uh, those businesses were, were, were varied. Uh, but singlemuslim.com, I guess, was the one that really uh, that we're really known for, and that's had the scale of not just being huge in the UK, but you know, has a global footprint as well. We learned a, a lot. We learned the hard way, trials and tribulations, blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, and a lot of what we learned uh, was really targeted at people, uh, at, at the Muslim community. Now, the Muslim community are, are huge charity givers. You know, in, in fact, you know, there's a the, the, there was a, a media article last year saying per head we're the largest giving community in the UK and because it's part of our faith one of the pillars of Islam so naturally that kind of led me to target the single Muslim database and, and we've got to remember when we set up initially Penny Peel wasn't set up to be anything more than just a little bit of giving back it was our kind of CSR corporate social responsibility Penny Peel was fully um, incubated in singlemuslim.com. One of the admin guys was doing the the, the calling. The other the other admin person would be filling the Excel spreadsheet of the donors that we had. One of the techies on an evening and weekend would be doing the website. 
So it's completely volunteer driven yeah, basically. Sure. And I was very, very fortunate. We've got a got a very small and close-knit team yeah. that almost treat well they, they they do treat it like a family. So when I said guys we wanna be we wanna set this charity up and I wanna really give back because you know we, we have we have we have more than enough and we're so blessed with what we have. Yeah. I said look we wanna give a little bit back. Everybody was like, yeah, definitely count me in, count me in, what can I do, what can I do, what can I do? So yeah, so the, so the so literally every single skill that I learned in the business world, not just myself, but my entire team, was given voluntarily to setting up Penny Appeal. And I believe one of the, the, the big blessings or the karma that you, you when you give, you get you get back that back. Yeah. One, of the, one of the big blessings that we had in terms of setting it up, because it was, it was, it was wholehearted. Everybody was giving and not with nothing. They didn't want anything back in return. Yes, yeah. And 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 so all our kind of SEO, all our optimization, all our advertising knowledge, know-how, yeah. all our marketing, all our you know every everything basically was given. So it's yeah. like a, a big fat black blank check. And you can't get anything more in terms of you know if you're if you're wanting to set up a charity, uh, an in-kind donation from a a, a a business who knows the internet, who knows it segment of a community better than anybody else yeah it's like a dream come true it's like you know absolutely. it's like winning the lottery yeah absolutely and you, you you mentioned as well that penny appeal you know was founded in 2009 yeah and it's come on leaps and bounds in the last nine years hmm. how have you managed to manage that growth because from very you know humble beginnings a yeah, small yeah. team into you know, a global organization that yeah. works in over 30 countries. Yeah. How difficult was it to manage that process? So, there's a, there's a cheesy saying and a bit of a mantra that I use in the office is teamwork makes a dream work. Yes. And it really is that. And, and also, you know, we don't like to cut any corners. So if we're finding a, um, a programs person, yes. we'll make sure the person's got UN experience. We'll make sure the person's got, you know, field experience. We'll make sure that the person knows and has that, that that background, that the academic studies, as well as the hands-on experience in the largest charities possible, and then we'll 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 headhunt those individuals and we'll bring them in. So you know the same thing when it comes to fin finances, same thing when it comes to our trustee board. I personally think that the best thing that we can do, any business can do, any charity, any organisation can do, the 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 shortcut or the kind of the fastest growth cheat is to bring somebody in who is better than you in every single way, shape and form yeah. for that niche. Yeah. So if you're looking for a finance director, make sure that finance director is well experienced, well versed, well groomed, well knowledged in, in finance basically and make sure when they come in that they are a valued member of the team. Now they're leading that, that, that department, they're not going to take leadership from you but they're going to be a leader in themselves. So it's, you're almost, what you, what you end up with is a leader uh, a leader full team, not just you not you don't only have one leader, but everybody's a leader. You know, the volunteers are leaders in their own right because the volunteers know better at volunteering and are more passionate at volunteer and know where their volunteering will help and what make a big difference more than you because you're stuck in the office all day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's it's a leader full organization. And you mentioned about bringing leaders in what do you look for in a leader? I think you've got to look, you look, you've got to look at somebody who's principled, you've got to look at somebody who's got good morals and values, you've got to look at somebody who's just a good human being, who wants to do good and who wants to improve society. I think more than that, if they're, if they're competent individuals and they've got, you know, they've got a 
some background of learning and some background of, 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 of transferable skills and they, they, they have a, a, a knowledge base then they can increase, increase that knowledge base but really it's about having a passion for the job and it's really having a sense of purpose as well uh, really more important as a charity more than anything else because it's the purpose that will you know drive you it's the purpose that will get you out of bed in the morning and it's that passion that will, will make the difference they'll be the driver you know so you need, you need people who are drivers you use and I sometimes say this in, you know in the office as well is that you need to feel the the wind in your hair even though I'm going a bit bold now but you know you need to feel that movement you need to feel that you're going somewhere you need to feel that you're helping somebody and when you're bringing other leaders on board they really need to be you know up for the challenge and they really need to be sitting up front with you even though they're not sitting with you they're sitting in their own departments and their teams and their own buildings whatever that might be but they really want to be pushing as hard as you uh, and it's all about getting bringing people on board that are, that are better than you in every way shape or form and I think I've been following Penny Appeal for quite a number of years, following the work of Penny Appeal and the work down the board. But just to give our listeners a bit of an idea, can you share some projects that you're currently working on internationally, just so they can get an understanding of the work that Penny Appeal does? Yes, yeah, so Alhamdulillah, Penny Appeal was started off, and if I give you a little bit of an understanding of where the Penny Appeal journey came from. Yeah, sure. So Single Muslim was set up, and pretty much overnight it became very, very successful. It's a, it's a dot-com business, so it's a very lean business model. It's highly profitable, and very, very quickly you actually learn that you know what, what there's, there's got to be more to life than just making money. You, you actually come to terms with that. You know, this, this is, this is my bit. This is my life. This is what it is. Sadly, my father passed away when I was very young, when I was eight years old. As I got more comfortable in life, I actually started to think, you know, I need to, I need to discover where I'm from, I need to discover what my history is, I need to discover where my ancestors are from and, 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 and how I've arrived here, how I've arrived in the UK. So on a bit of a journey of self-discovery to Pakistan, to a, a rural village north of Islamabad. And there I, there I was, I mean, I was in, in a village where there's no running water, there was no electricity, there was no gas, there was no roadworks. Uh, there was pretty much nothing and you know as a child when I used to go back it used to be amazing adventure because you used to see scorpions, you used to see snakes, you used to see lizards, you know it was like it was like living the in, in Indiana Jones kind of like lifestyle okay. and it was excellent but you know moving on in life you kind of like realize that you know so one of my uncles had pneumonia and he passed away with pneumonia either one of my other cousins you know, got bitten by a dog had rabies and passed away. Somebody else had a kidney infection, passed away. Somebody else had a foot infection, passed away. And you think to yourself, oh my God, you know, oh my God. If somebody, if, some, if one of my friends in the UK has pneumonia on a Friday, he's like, I've got pneumonia. I want to go into hospital. I'll see you Monday morning. All right, buddy, we'll see you Monday morning. Have a, have a good weekend. And you'll see him Monday morning. Chances are you will see him on Monday morning. If the same thing happened in Pakistan, the first thing is you wouldn't know that they've got pneumonia because they're in a remote village in the sticks of Pakistan somewhere of course it cost him a month's salary to get to the local local city hospital it cost him another equivalent month or two months salary to get pay the doctor to get the pay for the tests to get the x-ray then then subsequently more like equivalent to months and months and months worth of salaries to buy the medication to go back to come back to go back to come back to your to your village it's impossible people don't do it they just don't do it because the financial burden and you know the, the trade-off is massive that means that their their family will have to suffer their children will have to suffer the elders will have to suffer and they won't have enough to eat and they won't have there they genuinely will not have enough to eat yeah. and uh, so i started to contribute a little bit back 
to the village because I thought, you know, I feel a bit of a responsibility here because if my father was around, my father would have contributed, my father would have helped, my father would have done this. Um, so we started to, to sponsor a, a teacher called Ali, and Ali really shared the vision. And I remember uh, back in the day, Ali used to, you know, say to me, "Thank you very much." I used to say, "Ali, thank you for taking my charity." He used to say, "No, thank you." I was like, "What are you thanking me for?" You know, I'm thanking you for doing such an amazing job. So I'm thanking you because because of you, I'm able to pull the whole of this generation out of poverty through education. Because if we educate them, we can get the next generation out of poverty. And it was amazing. And he had so much respect for me that he used to do a moonwalk. When he used to leave the, <laughs> he used to leave the room, he used to moonwalk out because he didn't want to turn his back to me. You know, Ali was getting paid like literally not a lot. He was getting paid peanuts and he was getting paid thirty pound a month. So I used to go to Pakistan for long weekends, fly out on a Thursday night, land Friday, Saturday, and fly back Sunday afternoon. Get here for Sunday evening, came back one weekend, and uh, went to pick my car up from the the, 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 the multi-storey car park. Something it was empty. There was no there was no petrol in there. Went to fill it up at the petrol station. And as I was, as I was filling in, I've got a, we've got a large family, typical Asians, we've got large <laughs> families, we've got a lot of, you know, aunties and uncles and, and, and nephews and nieces to transport around. So it's a Q7, I was filling it up and it's, it's, it's a gas goes like, zzzz, you know, carry on, carry on, it clicked. When it clicked, I looked over and I saw it said 90 pounds. And I thought to myself, 90 pounds, I felt disgusted with myself. I felt really horrible and I felt, oh my God, what have I just done? I've just filled my car up with 90 pounds worth of fuel, which is equivalent to three months worth of salary for Ali. Yes. He's getting paid 30 pounds a month. This is three months salary. Ali looks after himself, he looks after his wife, he looks after his five children, he looks after his parents. I'm thinking to myself, what on earth is going on here? How is that even fair? That's not fair, that's just not, that's just wrong. You know, I feel that's my, that's my throwaway change. I, I fill that up, if I need it again, I'll fill it up again, I'll fill it up again, I'll fill it up again. It just can't, this can't be right. No, this cannot be right. This is not, where's the justice in that? So anyway, I thought, let's, um, let's, let's do what we have to do. Let's, let's, let's set something up and let's try to give something back. And that's where the name Penny Peel came from. Penny Peel, small change, big difference. And really it's not about going and being bankrupt and, and getting loans out and spending hundreds of pounds, thousands of pounds, tens of thousands of pounds. A lot of the campaigns that we do are quite literally pennies per day. So an orphan sponsorship is 50, 50 pence a day, which is 15 pound a month or 180 pounds a year. 82 pence a day for building a well, which is 300 pound a month. So yeah, so all, all the campaigns are quite literally linked and anchored on that, on the same philosophy, small change, big difference. And it's about, you know, giving small, giving regular, but giving enough that will make the change and make the difference out there. So one of our first ever campaigns was was the the, the pound a meal, uh, and we launched it. <coughs> we launched it in Ramadan, ten pound, ten meals. The last ten days of Ramadan, which in the Muslim faith are the most precious nights of the of the year, the, the most precious nights of the whole of Ramadan, the last ten nights. So ten pounds, uh, ten countries, last ten nights of Ramadan, uh, and then that was a huge success, a huge success because people could, it was tangible. People knew it was food, people knew it was 10 countries, people knew it was only £10, it was one single note. The next year we, we, we cranked it up to, to £20, 20 countries, 20 days. The, 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 the third year we evolved it to £30, one, of, one for each day of, of Ramadan. Following from that campaign, do the things that we do is uh, often kind. After sponsoring Ali in Pakistan, the second thing that I did before setting up the charity was um, sponsoring five both parent orphans 
uh, in a very rural village close to close to our own village the girls were literally being they were sleeping in the the donkey stables and donkey stables might sound quite romantic and nice but trust me this was bug infested creepy crawly infested you know it had urine it had you know stool it had it was just horrible and these girls were living in there and they were the lowest 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 of of, of um of society that the poorest and the poor and nobody wanted to take them on because it was fine it was a bigger financial burden long-term financial burden because the females and they'll have to get them married off tomorrow as well see, yeah. and these, these things you don't understand or you don't realize at the time but these mm. are the things that these are the intricacies that you actually learn when you're sponsoring children yes. and when you're actually on the ground yourself so we took on the the, 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 the five girls and then we developed a campaign called orphan kind yeah. so it's been, been kind to an orphan and then when I went to Pakistan a couple of years later, I went back to my village, and um, as I was pulling up into the into the village, I saw an old chap that I didn't recognise, and I said to one of my family members, "I don't recognise this guy." Because it's a very small rural village, everybody knows everybody. So I don't recognise this chap. Who is he? And he says, "This is this this chap is not actually from our village. He's from a neighbouring village. He's actually been kicked out of his house, and he you know he's on his deathbed. So what we've done is we've." actually brought him in and he stays in the other other house down at the bottom there and we fed him and we give him some water we've hydrated him we fed him and we've given him some medication whatnot we've literally brought him back to his feet yeah so behind that there's a campaign called adopt a grant uh, so we've got uh, early early years orphan care end of life adopt a grant and then we do everything in between the full spectrum so we do an, an, a campaign called open your eyes quite literally opening your eyes, opening the eyes of donors that they can help and support and open the eyes of those that are needy. Again, in the, in the developing world, there's extreme weather, extreme heat, extreme rain, extreme dust. You know, a lot of people have very, very simple and uh, easily to correct eye problems. Mm. And with an operation or with some kind of intervention as cheap as five, 10 pounds, yeah. you can help somebody see properly again. It's phenomenal. And what, one thing I'm really proud of with Penny Peel is that for every campaign that we do abroad, we have a sister campaign here in the UK. Yes. So where we do often kind abroad, we do adoption and fostering in the UK, where we do feed our world in 30 crisis countries abroad. We do food banks here in the UK, which is unlike any other humanitarian agency, uh, international humanitarian agency. I guess that, that, that shows our seriousness and our, and our committed nature to working at home here in the UK, and to giving back where we are right now, where, where, where we are, where our families are, where our community is as well. It's important to give abroad, but I, I do feel it's very, very important to give here as well. So I know from a lot of our own donor community, they do want to give into the into the UK, but when you when you got uh, two appeals side by side, either give to a, a UK street campaign or give to Yemen or give to Syria or give sure. to Palestine, those those campaigns are going to win every you know, every day all day long. So the international campaigns typically raise more. International today. campaigns will always raise more. International emergency campaigns will always raise more because it's just you know it's it's life and death out there. Where do you see the vision of Penny Peel going forward? Where do you see Penny Peel? in the next 10, 20 years? Penny Peel's been bigger than my wildest dreams, kind of imagination in terms of where we are now, where one of the largest in our sector, we're, fast, we're one of the fastest growing in the sector, we're helping millions and millions and millions around the world and we're helping, you know, tens of thousands here in the UK as well. So I don't think, you know, in terms of nothing's impossible and I think what, what I'd really want to do is be part of the the fight to combat poverty in the, in, in the world 
how we're going to do that, I have no idea. But in terms of, I'm sure we can do that because if 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 a movement, and I don't like to call it a charity, I have to call it a movement. So a movement like Penny Peel has got people behind it who want to help and who want, who want to change the world. And that's only from a small community in the UK. Imagine what we could do as a global community. Imagine if we come together, we, sit, we, we genuinely can. We're, we're, we're sat here in London, in a very, very well-to-do part of London. And there's, you know, we don't want to just be a, a, a plaster. We don't want to just be covered over temporary. We want to get to the root of the issue. We want to get to the root of the issue. So we want to really solve these problems. I was going to ask you, you, you set up the Penny Appeal, but as, when you were thinking about setting up the Penny Appeal, did you consider supporting an existing charity, or, and, and what was the reason that you wanted to set up your own charity? No, that's a really good question. Um, I personally did assist and donate to other charities. I still do donate to other causes, and we as a charity, uh, I, I believe I believe in like what I said earlier, the cheesy saying, teamwork makes a dream work, but the teamwork isn't just in my office the teamwork is a teamwork the global community so teamworks now what we're now when we say teamwork we talk, we're talking about partnerships so we're talking about partner up with, with people and organization that specialist in what they do so let's partner up with a homeless charity you know let, let's really do the best we can with that homeless charity because that's what they do day in day out you know that's what they that's what they're all about so in terms of that partnership as well so that's what we're that's you know our focus and our kind of strength and our growth and expansion really now is by finding good people and, and, and good partners and I guess the reason that I set up the charity myself because I just I just felt that we can do more I felt that we know because we know our community we know the demographics and if we give them a certain message or we give them a certain approach we know that they'll, they'll come respond, on board yes. they'll, they'll respond they want to respond they're looking for somebody to respond to but there was nobody talking their language Penny Appeal is a is a, uh, a Muslim-led British charity, and we have Muslims and non-Muslims on our board as well. Bringing people of different backgrounds, bringing people from different walks of life, bringing people from different experiences is nothing that you should shun, nothing that you should be scared of. And I think you, you might think that that's just like like a government policy, or that that you've got to do that as part of being a, a hip or an up-to-date business. But no, actually, you know what? That will that will and that has for Penny Peel increased our offering. Penny Peel's always had a, a, a very diverse and inclusive workforce. We've got 13 different nationalities that work in our H HQ alone. It really is that that I, I, I think is one of the one one of the key factors of our strength as well. When we work abroad, we do the same thing. We look for we look for partners. We look for we look for diversity in our in our partners. Uh, and, and, and even here, when we you know when you're helping people, you know you know. You don't really care who that person is that you're helping and I think you shouldn't care who that person is that's in the office either so we've always done that where we're kind of like we do that as part of our DNA uh, but it's good to see that the government policy and it's good to see the, the pressure on large corporates and it's good to see pressure on the charity sector as well third, third sector for diversity to be a, to, to, to be a, a bigger deal. Team Eunice thank you for contributing to Charity Chat. You're welcome. It's a real pleasure and honour to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for setting that up, Usman, because I think that was a really fantastic and interesting uh, insight into a leader who has not only set up a very successful business 
and that subsequently set up a very successful charity and clearly there seem to be some real transferable skills that sit with under, underneath uh, the term leadership and all those skills that he mentioned. And uh, I think for me the most interesting aspect of it was what he was saying about getting people to, the, you know, on your team that are really the experts, that are really good in their area. Absolutely, and he spoke a lot about partnership building, so as well as bringing experts in um, from key people across the organisation that are leaders themselves, so they can lead teams and they can lead change and they can really be innovative in their approach, but also working with other organisations and charities and even corporate and being able to harness that was really inspiring to see the fact that somebody is willing to know what their limitations are and yeah. everyone has limitations whether you're a CEO at a Fortune 500 company you're a CEO at a charity within the third sector or whether you're a junior level everyone has their limitations and what was really inspiring to see that Adeem and his team are really willing to reach out look for the best partnerships look for the best organisations to work with to benefit their beneficiaries yeah. and that's what inspired me the most putting their beneficiaries right at the core of what they do mm, and mm. making sure that the end goal is to ensure that the beneficiary the service user gets a, the help that they deserve in yeah. whatever context that may be but making sure you have the best team to be able to deliver on that it was fant- lovely to meet him fantastic guy absolutely and for somebody that's so successful in business you know such a down-to-earth guy absolutely. as well incredibly humble was willing to speak to us throughout the whole podcast he never referred to himself he always referred to his team that's a good point and yeah. other people yeah. and reaching out and that's what I think makes a successful leader in my eyes learning from him is that he was able to recognize qualities in people and look at them and you know help develop his team to ensure that they succeed and that's something that he never said I did this or I did that he always looked at his team and the people around him and his volunteers and that's something that I also took away from it is that he mentioned his staff and his volunteers in the same breath because he values them both equally yeah and that's something if we're honest we need to get better as a sector sure. we need to stop treating paid staff and volunteers as separate mm. we need to treat them as one yeah because without volunteering our sector cannot flourish and that's something that again inspired me because it was very much about the, the colleagues the volunteers the whole movement as you call it which I liked it's not a charity you know, charity sometimes has a connotations of giving out money but he, yeah. made, he, he, create, he said it was a movement to enable change in the future as well thank you dear listener for listening I hope you enjoyed the show uh, just left for us to thank our, uh, our sponsors Giant Squid Audio Lab for sponsoring our podcast kit Magda Axmit for beautiful website design charitychat.org.uk please do have a look at that website and get in touch with us we've got all of our contact details on there we'd love to hear from you if you have ideas for shows or have any critique of any shows we've done we'd love to hear from you or we'd like to be involved RIR Photography for the lovely Pro Bono images on our website and of course Forest of Fools who have been playing throughout the show and are playing us out right now that's it from us thanks Usman thank you very much thank you for listening bye bye